Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Again, if you're new with us today, I want to say thank you for coming and joining us today. I'm fired up. We're in the in a middle of a series called After God's Own Heart. We started it last week. We took a guilt trip. Um, you can catch those sermons online or you can download the podcast as well on Spotify or, or Apple Music. But it was a powerful week. It was a tough week last week because we're talking about emotions that fight for control of our hearts. And so I really believe during this series, if we are listening to God, we're hearing Him, um, these emotions don't have to control us. And there's some freedom to be found. There's some next steps that you can take um, to, to find that freedom. And at Freedom Church, that is our mission. We, we say it like this. We want to help people take the next step in the relationship with Jesus together. And so really, quite honestly, I think that's all we can control in life is that next step. I don't know what, what's going to happen two days from now or 20 years from now, but I, I typically... If I had to pin you down or you had to pin me down and say, Mike, what, what is something God's calling you to do? What's the next step? Could be big, could be small. I probably have something that I feel like I know I need to do. And that's what we want to help you do. And there's no shame in that. So we, we started off last week taking a guilt trip. But we, this whole series kind of has this theme verse out of Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else. This is Solomon, King Solomon, who wrote this. That's a pretty... Um, that's a pretty powerful statement to say above all else, top priority, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. If you're going to take some next steps, if you're going to take some next steps, you want to make sure your heart is in a good spot. So we're trying to work on getting a healthy heart. Jesus said some stuff about our heart as well. He said this in Matthew chapter 15. He was eating dinner with a religious group called the Pharisees. The Pharisees, if you read about them in the Bible, they are kind of like the, the, the bad guys. Jesus was, they're the like in a sense, like the pastors. But they kind of had it wrong, and they missed Jesus, and Jesus would call them out on stuff. Well, Jesus didn't wash his hands before dinner, and that's gross. Um, but they were saying, these are like religious rules, and you're supposed to follow the religious rules, and Jesus called them out on it. And so Jesus talks about this, and let me just pause one more thing. Why do we even talk about Jesus? Why do we even read the Bible in the first place? If you're new to Christianity, here's why. It's because Jesus, this Jesus that we read about in the Bible, he, he healed people, he, he preached great sermons, he said a lot of great things, but he also claimed to be God. He claimed to be the Messiah. He said, hey, I'm going to die, and that's going to be for the forgiveness of your sins. And still people, would, they would follow him, but... They didn't really start following Jesus. They didn't really start picking up on what he said. They didn't say, hey, we need to start writing this down. And what we now have is the Bible. Hey, I'm going to write my account. Matthew, as we're reading today, I'm going to write my account. They didn't really start writing that until he rose from the dead. And so that is just the foundational point of Christianity is, is, is that Jesus rose from the dead. And if, if you knew someone who claimed to be God, who called his own shot, say, hey, I'm going, to rise for, I'm going to die, but I'm also going to rise from the dead, you're probably going to follow that guy, too, when he pulls it off. And so this is why now we go back to Jesus and say, okay, this dude pulled all this stuff off. He is the Messiah. What did he say? How did he say to live life? God on earth, 
what did he say? So we're picking up. He says, he starts to unload on these guys and he calls them out. He says, these people, these Pharisees, they honor me with their lips. They, they give me lip service, but they're, say this with me, their hearts are far from me. He says, their worship is a farce. Wow. That's, that's a pretty bold statement, Jesus. Are you sure you, you want that in there to say that their worship is worthless? Yeah. There's a pretty big deal on the direction of your heart. And they, he says, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So I don't know how you grew up. Anyone ever, ever get in trouble for saying like gosh or darn or shoot or, or anything like that. Like it, it's not, you're not, it sounds too close to the other thing, right? You know, but it's, it's kind of a man-made rule. I, I, got, um, I got kicked out of middle school one time for saying caca mouth. I, I don't even know what that is. I got weird getting kicked out of school stories. It's like man-made rules. Some of y'all went to, to church, grew up in church. You couldn't dance or something like that. It's not written in the Bible anywhere, kind of some man-made Rules. There's maybe some good intentions behind them, but don't treat man-made rules as if they're the Scripture. And that's what Jesus is after here. And so he kind of explains this to his disciples, to his followers, and they're still not quite getting it. And so they ask him, can you explain this again, Jesus? Explain, why are you after these guys? We don't quite understand it. And so Jesus says this, and this is where it gets started. He says, anything you eat passes through the stomach and goes into the sewer. Jesus, that's gross. <laughs> Come on, man. We, it, we, we know this. We see this two to three times a day. The older we get, two to three times a night we see it. Jesus, gross. What are, you, what are you getting at here? He says, but the words you speak come from the, say it with me again, they come from the hearts. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Basically, he's saying the roots of things in our lives is inside of us. And if, if we have an unhealthy heart, we'll take things to an unhealthy extreme in these things. And so he says it starts in the heart. These are what defile you, eating with unwashed hands. It's gross. It was gross then. It's gross today. Wash your hands, Jesus. But he says that will not defile you spiritually, which, by the way, amen for this, because, again, they didn't realize until after the resurrection. This is a side note. They didn't realize until after the direction, resurrection, maybe we should pay attention to what Jesus says. And it's this right here when he said that, you know, Jews, they could only eat certain things. Other things you couldn't eat because it's unclean. And when Jesus said this, whoo, amen, bacon. Any bacon fans in the room? Like, yeah, right? So he's just saying all, all foods are clean. That's what goes in, what goes in does not defile you. Rather, he's looking at the heart. And as today, we're going to talk about anger. Last week, we talked about guilt. And we said the answer to guilt, the habit to form in your life, was confession, to get it out in the open. It wants to, to grow in the dark. I have a bottle of water and I have a soda here. All right, some of you guys are questioning why you sat in the front row today. Who, who, who wants to hang out with the angry person in the room? Facing some pressure, facing things that are, that, are, that are going on? No, no one wants to. Like no one in the back 
is, is ducking. They don't worry. The, first, the, the people in the first couple rows are kind of looking at me like a, that little uh, crazy eye. I'm not going to open it on you guys. At least I don't think so. But um, here's the thing with anger and the things that are in our heart. Typically, when things come out, they leak out on those who are closest to us. And so this is why it's important for us. The same thing, the same pressure, the same actions are taking place here. But for those who control their anger, who see what's really going on and do the things that we're going to talk about today, you can take your anger. It can actually be refreshing to the people around you. See, here's the thing about anger and the thing I know about you. You, you have a story. Like if you were to tell me the things that have happened to you, identify that thing that has made you angry. Again, I'm not talking about fluff things. The real stuff that gets underneath our skin that has caused us to be angry. You have a story. Anger says you owe me. That's the gist of the story. Something was taken, something was done, and now we have this debt-to-debtor relationship, and you owe me. You've hurt me, you said something, you've took something, you owe me. Guilt said, I owe you. I did something, I owe you. But anger says, you owe me. And we have a story, and I want to say, too, whatever your story is, if I heard it, I wouldn't blame you for being angry. This isn't, a, this isn't a message on don't be angry. This is a, a message on how we deal with our anger. If I heard your story about what your parents and how their, their anger leaked out on you, I would say I'd be angry too. In fact, this is probably why, one of the reasons why it's so important on us. We said anger leaks out on those closest to us. And if your parents, the way they dealt with their anger, or maybe the way they didn't deal with their anger, it leaked out in their marriage, and it leaked out on you. And now here you are today with your anger, and your kids are hoping, I hope they deal with their heart. Because this is leaking out on the next generation as well. That's why this is so, so important. But at the same time, if I heard your story, I wouldn't blame you. I I wouldn't blame you for being angry. If I heard your story... As to why you're upset with God. God, you owe me. I would not blame you for being angry with God. If I heard your story about what you did, the person I'm angry at is me. I hurt people. I did things I regret. I'm facing consequences, not because of something that someone else did. It's me. And if I heard your story, I'd be upset and angry too. But my goal today as we go through this, listen, you can bring your story out into the light, and some of us do. We bring our story out into the light of anger, and it's more like a crutch. This justifies why I just spew all over everyone. This justifies my actions. If you knew why, if you knew my story, you would be angry too, and we use it as a crutch. But no, I I want us to see that your actions and attitudes and behaviors, they don't justify, your your anger doesn't justify your actions. No, 
quite honestly, it stands in stark contrast to your anger. There's different ways to handle this. I want to give us three ways that we can deal with our anger. And, and the, the scripture, we're going to kind of jump around in some scriptures today. But Paul says in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, he says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Anger is a terrible boss. It's not a sin to be angry, but it is a terrible boss. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. The devil knows feelings are dumb. Your feelings are not smart. He knows if you're angry, emotions are high, you're prone to making some mistakes. You're going to say something you regret. You're going to do something you wish you didn't did or wish you didn't do. And so the devil knows. He's like, hey, this is an opportunity to sneak in and get a foothold. Let me just, I just want to say this. I want us to say to the devil, not today. Devil, not today, not anymore. I, I'm angry, but this, I'm not going to serve you anymore in this. I'm going to start taking my next steps of faith with God in the right direction and start to seeing that this is not, I, I, this is from, not, this is from the devil. He's trying to get me away from God's purpose in my life. There's a better way to tell our story. And so anger says, you owe me. The root is the perception that something was taken. But when we hold on to our anger, when we hold on, it plants seeds of bitterness that take root in our hearts. And I don't want to be taken anymore. So three things on how to deal with this. First is ownership. We've got to own our anger. James, the brother of Jesus, says this in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, what? What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Time out, James. Let's talk about my anger. First, it's not a what, it's a who. Have you met my parents? My parents, my mom and dad, when they come in, they know it all. I mean, they're just like, well, you should do this, and you should do this. And they, it's like they know everything. If you, it's not a what, James, it's a who. So you're like, that's not my parents, that's my teenage son or daughter. They think they know everything. They bark this, they bark this, they know it all, right? It's not a what, James? It's a who. Who causes the fights and quarrels among you? Mike, I'm, it's, not, it's not me, okay? Like, here's, here, we're smart and we're sophisticated. I'm not angry, right? I might have my, my I'm just, I was tired. I'm not angry. It's just a moment of frustration. I'm frustrated, right? That's how we say these things. I mean, sure, that car at 7.30 in the morning came swiping on by and cut me off. And so I felt like I needed to teach him a driver's lesson. So I spun up around him and, and told him to peel the banana, you know, and let him know what's up. But I'm not angry. They should have known how to drive and they need to be taught a lesson. I mean, sure, I blew up at the kids this morning. They got the marker, and they drew all over the couch. But Mike, it's an expensive couch. I'm not angry. It's just these kids. They have no respect. Someone needs to teach them respect, but I'm not angry. Am I, I mean, have you met my husband? He was so nice, and now he's a jerk, and he's lazy. Have you met my wife? She was so kind and compassionate. And now it's nag, 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 nag. I'm not angry. 
I'm not angry. Just, I'm going to get my camera out. You, <laughs> capture this on camera because then we all go going viral on some of these things. If we caught your moments, if we caught your moments, my goodness. And some of you are saying, well, mine doesn't come out. I mean, I get angry, but it, I don't let it come out. If you're the silent, angry person, you're still scary too. And I'm not, I'm, I wish that was a joke. People are afraid of you too. Don't give yourself a pass because you keep it all in. Some of us, we're, we, we explo- we're exploders. Some of us are boilers. And you'll let that, th- that temperature rise and that temperature rise and that temperature rise and that bitterness just grows on your heart and then you just blast somebody. How can we do this? Own it. Say this with me. Say, I struggle with anger. Some of you didn't say anything. Now the person's next to you is like, are they the, the silent angry person? Like, I don't know. They didn't say anything. Listen, we all have our moments, and it would do us service to, to monitor our hearts, even in those brief moments, to say, is there something deeper going on? James says, what is causing the quarrels? We would fight back and say, no, it's not a what, it's a who. But he says, don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? To which we would still want to fight back and say, no, James, it's not me, it's them. For some of us, maybe it's, it's, it is just at a specific location. Maybe at work you're great, but your house is lined with eggshell carpet. Or maybe you're great at home, but at work with that one person in that one environment, it, it comes up. Maybe you're not angry everywhere all the time, but there are moments that trigger us. There are people that get under our skin, and we have issues with anger. And the question I want to ask for whoever's caused you to be angry or whatever has caused you to be angry, I want to know a couple things. I want to know how long are you going to stay that way? Another decade? Like we're starting another one. You you want to have the same conversation in 2030? Another year? No, we don't want to stay this way. We want to take steps forward. If you really want to know if you struggle with this, if you really, really want to know if you struggle with this, ask the people who are closest to you. Do I struggle with anger? And if you already start to get defensive, or if you're already afraid of what they might say, you might just struggle with this. If you ask the question and they pause before they answer, it's a good chance they're afraid. You might say, what are they afraid of? (laughs) Ask that question too. But don't just listen to what they say. Pay attention to how you feel. And you're like, this is really discouraging, Mike. I don't, I don't like this. I, I, don't, I don't like having the people around me walk on eggshell carpet or anything like that, and this is discouraging. Now I'm starting to feel guilty, and I don't like myself. Listen, 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 listen. 
you can be discouraged or you can, you can look at it as an opportunity. You just made a discovery. And the people around you, it's not a surprise to them. They know. They've been walking on thin ice for a while. They'll be happy that you made this discovery and that you've actually leaned in and started to get this. I'll just give you an example for me. And this is something that I continue to work on. For me, my anger is at a time, and it's on a weekday, every weekday, 7.30 in the morning. You want to know what it is? We're trying to go to school. We're trying to get the kids to go to school. Wake up, eat, get your clothes on, eat your breakfast, brush your teeth, get your shoes on, get your backpack. Let's go to the, and it's like every day. We're trying to get them out, trying to get them out. And let's go. I've said 20 times, let's go. And then one day we get in the car. And my son, this is the good thing about the kids. They're not afraid to be honest sometimes. And they said, Dad, why are you angry every morning? I wish that was a joke. <laughs> I made a discovery. It was discouraging, but I made a discovery. Something that I got to own and say, I struggle with anger. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. Because this is my issue, James would say. Then we got to call it out. He says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Am I murdering anyone today? Like, what the heck? It's a little bit of hyperbole that he's using here, but he's trying to tell you, as long as you focus on them, they're the issue, they're the problem, you're going to never focus on yourself to make the changes that you need to make. And, the, and you will take that to unhealthy extremes with the other people in life. So he says, you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it, and even when you ask, you don't get because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And if we're honest, most of us are not on a truth quest. Oh, I just, you know, I want the truth. I want to seek the truth now. If we're honest, most of us want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. We're on a pleasure-happiness quest. And when we don't get it, we get upset. So we need to call it out. This has been so helpful for me. Sometimes I have to say this out loud. I got it from Andy Stanley. Most of this series is based off a book from Andy Stanley called Enemies of the Heart. But when you are angry, when you are upset, say this and say it out loud. Maybe you needed to say it to the person who you're uh, disgusted with or whatever. I'm not getting, say this with me, I'm not getting what I want. Some of you still didn't say a word and you're scaring the people next to you. I'm not getting what I want. Bottom line, I want something and you're not doing it or you're not giving it to me and I'm not receiving what I want. So now I'm getting frustrated. Now I'm getting a little bit uh, angry. I'm not getting what I want. I want respect. I want them to respect the couch. And you're not getting what you want, right? They, they, they rode all over the couch and they messed it up. Yeah, and I want respect. They should respect the couch. And you're not getting what you want. Yeah, I'm not getting what I want. I just want things to be fair. Like if you knew what that had been happening to me, if you knew what they did to me, you would know how unfair that is. And you want what's fair, right? Yeah, I want what's fair. And you're not getting what you want. Right. I'm not getting what I want. But Mike, they promised. Mike, they, they said they were going to do something. They said they would never do that again. They promised to me. They broke their promise. And you want people to keep their promises. Yeah, 
and you're not getting what you want. Right. I'm not getting what I want. Call, call it out and just say, this is what I'm not getting. And, and for some of you, you might be in the, in the next week or so with your spouse in a conflict, in a, we're not arguing, we're just discussing loudly. Uh, we're not, we're not, I know, I'm not upset, I'm not angry, we're just in intense fellowship, all right? And this week we're at, try this out. I'm not getting what I want. That's right, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Oh, wait, yeah, you're not getting what you want. And I'm not getting, I'm not getting what I want either. Listen, calling it out doesn't solve anything. The, the, the issue still is there that you need to work on. What this does, ownership, I struggle with anger, call it out. Here's what I'm not getting that I want. The temperature in the room it goes down to where we can have a conversation. We're not exploding all over one another. This is life-changing. This has been so helpful to me to be able to call it out. Just say, I'm not getting what I want. And again, let me say, it's okay to be angry. <laughs> it's okay to be upset. I want us to deal with it in a healthy way to where bitterness does not, take, does not grow a root in our heart. You just got to call these things out. And the third one is, well, look, before I say this, this, the third one is going to be the hardest thing for rooting out forgiveness in your heart. Last week, last week, we talked about the doctor who sees the heart patient. The heart patient is having issues, having struggle. The heart, the heart patient sees the doctor and the doctor says, hey, if you continue living the way you're going to live, you're going in a bad route. It's, you, you have to change. You have to put in, uh, there's a solution to your illness, to your heart issue. But if you continue on, it's not going to go very well. And so the, the, the heart patient says, okay, the, good. There's good news. There's a solution. What is it? And he says, well, here's the solution. I need you to eat right and I need you to exercise three times a week. To which the heart patient says, Doc, I can't do that. I got a bad heart. I can't exercise. Give me a good heart first, then I'll exercise. To which the doctor would say, you're an idiot. Do the work. There are exercises and habits. You need to, you need to uh, exhaust the muscle in order to strengthen it. There's habits that you need to put in place in your life in order to, to condition and get that heart in a healthy spot. And the longer you have held on to bitterness, the longer you have held on to anger and allowed the devil to distort your mind and perception on how you see people and how, what you think about people and what you say about people and how you think about yourself, putting in this habit will not solve it overnight. It is an exercise that you have to practice again and again and again. And so for guilt, the habit that you have to practice over and over is confession. For anger, the prescription, the solution for anger is exercising forgiveness. If you want to go have a healthy heart and remove the root of bitterness in your life, forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is the answer. Paul goes on in Ephesians and he says this, he says, get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Have you ever been at bed at night, sleeping in the middle of the night, and 
a spider like crawls across your face? Anyone? You ever have that moment when it just... And you're up. You're like, wah, wah, wah. You're like, did it. You know, you're getting the bed sheets off and you're, you got like the crowbar and you're like, home alone. You know, you're just going, you know, your, your spouse is looking over like, Marv, Marv, what are you doing, Marv? You know, spider. And then you look and you see the spider and it's like this little bitty, itsy bitsy spider, you know. I, that's the image I want us to get when he says, get rid of these things. Get rid of it. It's the devil wanting to get a foothold in there. He wants to take it a totally different direction. And Paul says, get rid of it. And I know from a guy speaking from 2,000 years ago, Paul can seem very insensitive compared to the things that have been done to me. To just say, I'll get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, this type of forgiveness, this type of forgiveness is got totally redefined with Jesus. You forgive as Christ forgave you. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.